Welcome to another post-game edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. Good to have my uh, my good old buddy, old friend here, Corey Walsh of Fizzle Sword, back with me. I feel like he's been on vacation as well. <laughs> got the fresh haircut and everything. Oh, yeah, you know, I got a really nice vacation. I can go to Mexico like some people. I stayed in the, the beautiful oh, tropical state of Connecticut. <laughs> I will have you know, I paid for that. Me and about three other people uh, who went with me also ended up with food poisoning on the way out of the country. So <laughs> been uh been shitting constantly for the past couple of days sorry for being so graphic for anybody who's watching <laughs> this <laughs> is why people it, tune in it's not for the post-game analysis exactly you can get that anywhere you yeah. can get that anywhere you can hear about ibs slash food poisoning trips from delta flights anywhere else <laughs> i got it from starbucks of all places uh it was a starbucks in the mexican airport i'm 99 certain that they served us uh, drinks with with milk that was expired. Oh, nice! <laughs> so I'm gonna pin it on them. That's what I'm I'm pinning it on them. There's a lawsuit uh, with that coming. Said, <laughs> exactly. With that said, I am excited to talk about the Cavs returning to the win column after a three game skid. It feels like the Cavs have just been chasing that win for the longest time. I don't know about you, Corey, but it was nice to see the Cavs pull out the victory. By the way, 107, 101. So I'll just get right down to it, man. Cavs may have lost Evan Mobley. <laughs> uh, well, the injury uh, came in. The x-ray is negative. So <laughs> thank God. Maybe it'll just be a few games, a few games. Maybe he'll sit out, you know, let that ankle kind of just ice it up, you know, let the swelling go down, what have you. But that was that was tough, man. And then to see Lowry bump knees. Did not make me feel good. And then to see Lamar grabbing his wrist at one point, and I'm like, oh, it was no. uncanny. <laughs> it was uncanny. It was like literally the injuries just started to pile up, is what it felt like. And I'm, I'm thinking these guys are just gonna have to limp to the finish line, and they did somehow um, on the back of Darius Garland, pretty much. Which is so unfamiliar territory for this Cavaliers team to have to rely on Darius Garland's offense. We haven't seen that at any point this year ever. <laughs> Yes, 25 <laughs> points, 12 assists. Wasn't the best night shooting, you know, overall from the field, 7 to 17. But man, he was 5 of 10 from deep, which is a far cry from what this team was against Chicago. Yeah, he's been pretty cold from three in this past stretch of games. So it's even just that clip today is fine for with me. And like, as long as the aggressiveness never leaves, I don't care how many times he shoots because he's the only one it seems at times it has the gravity required to orchestrate an offense. It's funny that you say that. Cause I also, you know, we can continue to continue to talk about DG here in a moment, but I also got to make mention of the fact that people are really, really being hard on Karis LeVert, man. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> 12 games into his Cavalier tenure and he's missed time in between some of those games uh, not the not the greatest stat line tonight. Eight point seven rebounds, six assists, and he was four of fifteen from the field and zero of four from three. And I mean, he had by far the lowest plus minus of any starter, minus thirteen. <laughs> not his greatest game, but have you seen the litany of Carousel Virtus trash takes on Cavs Twitter? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, real Corey, quick, this is I don't the part like... where Corey where Corey admits that he's one of those. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I was gonna say, but if we had to like be join that renaissance of Cavs Twitter, we could also just say that we were the the, the uh, conductors of that train because we didn't even want this trade to happen in the first place. But no. now that he's on the team, you and me are shifting our mindset. <laughs> no, we have to shift our mindset to now. How is this gonna work? And I just think it's like you said, he's been out for such a long time. He's a player that definitely needs to find a rhythm inside the offense because I feel like even in games where he's excelled offensively, it just still never really feels like it's honestly in the flow. If there's one thing I have been pleasantly surprised with Karras in this stretch is that his passing has looked pretty decent at times. He's a better facilitator than I was kind of expecting him to be because in the Indiana in this past year, he was basically carrying the entire offensive load at times. And you kind of just saw him do ISO ball a ton and you didn't really get to see him show this uh, facilitator mentality. And that like, that is something that I have enjoyed because what it does allow Darius to play a little more off ball, but we're also yeah. seeing a Coro play a lot more on ball, which is interesting. So Very. I think there's a lot of positives overall about Karras. It might not necessarily relate to his efficiency scoring, but and his efficiency in defense. But overall, I think him being just a body on the floor that defenses need to pay attention to is enough that we're getting out of this trade. It might not be the first round value that we traded for, but it, we definitely needed it. But let me ask you this, man. Thanks for Cause I've seen people point the fact that this might have been a bad trade. You know, people say that after every bad game that Karis Levert may have, may or may not have, this is a bad trade. I mean, <laughs> Yes, we know that Ricky Rubio was not coming back to season, so why not use his contract? And the picks that were sent out, were they likely going to bring in a player that was going to contribute next year anyways? No, I, I, I mean, with the, with the the market of the way the NBA works, I feel like we can never say that we know if a player is going to be available because players yeah. become available at the drop of a hat. But from like looking at it, such a broad scope of the season, then I would say no. I don't think the cows are really going to have any player that they could have sought out. But that's also not saying that they can't still trade Karis LeVert in the offseason. Yes. Just being like, you know what? This hasn't worked. Let's just wipe our hands clean. And just try to take another swing, pretty much, because that Carousel Vert's value is not going to plummet to the point where no one's going to be interested. We're probably going to get like 80 cents on the dollar, but it's not like we're mm-hmm. going to get absolutely like just completely just robbed of his value. No, so he's I, not going to go think- out of town for a second rounder like uh, who was it, Kevin Porter Jr.? Yeah, well, he didn't throw a bowl of soup <laughs> or get angry <laughs> that his locker was taken. Unless Torian Prince comes back and ends up taking Karis Levert's locker, we're not going to have a care, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. type issue again. But I I feel like there's still a ton of room for like Karis to kind of grow into a, a new role. Let's also forget that his main pick and roll partner is out <laughs> the one player he had chemistry with before he got injured <laughs> and yeah just I mean, like darius ed davis out there right <laughs> yeah or uh your boy moses <laughs> yeah but I don't know, man. Uh, you know i just don't think it's fair to really i need to see the full scope versus just dissecting every game because if we did this like let's not also forget we thought everyone uh, the same Cavs twitter mob had their pitchforks and torches out when larry markinen was having like one of the worst stretches of his career and everyone was like this trade was not worth it they were ready to ship his ass out of town so fast (laughs) 
I think it just takes time. And I think just because he got injured, it just really didn't help. He had like, what, two games or three before any of this like even started. Yeah. And then he got hurt. And then uh, the the uh, Chase Down podcast said brought up a really good point that he basically has just become unconditioned because his injury didn't allow him even to be in He's game shape. shape. Yeah, there's a lot of factors that are really not playing in Karras's favor. And he's such a tempo-oriented player that if he can't even get into a groove himself, how is the how is the offense going to really work, especially with what they're expecting him to do? They're not having him out there to be uh, Darius's sidekick. He's supposed to be Darius's like relief at times. He is literally what, – what were we saying about this guy before the trade went down is that he is a less efficient, older, injury-prone version – of Colin Sexton. Did we not say that? We did, but even when you say it, it just doesn't <laughs> sound attractive. <laughs> <laughs> for what the price tag you paid for him, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you just look at the again, the price you paid for him versus the production that he is eventually probably going to give you on the court and what he's already doing right now. You already talked about the facilitation, the playmaking. It's there. It's better than both you and I probably expected it to be. Um, the shots just are not falling. And I mean, I'm not going to lie here. The shot selection can be very questionable. And I guess that's a nice way of putting it because I've seen people put it, uh, put it in much worse ways than that. Yeah, but, no, he treats like his offensive game at times. Like he's like playing as my player in 2K and he like fills out the, like nobody else <laughs> just has like, I just want to get an a, I don't care if I get like an A minus teammate grade. I'm just going to chuck up like 40 shots because I'm uh, like, I'm on fire. <laughs> Yes, but do it all. Do it all for yourself to get your uh, to get your attributes up. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to play himself in the game shape. He's trying to get himself a better uh, my player score. That's what he's trying to do. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's kind of failing in that regard. That's like the one. I just my if I had to join the masses of Cavs Twitter, I just I the one thing that he does that upsets me is just when he shoots out of the flow of the offense. That's pretty much it. Like, that's the one thing I think he hasn't found his like way into the offense yet, which will definitely come over time. I'm not expecting like in the play in games that Karis will first be like, all right, this is my time. It's Karis's time. This is like, let's see how it goes. Cause JB will be the first one to be like, that is not how this is going to work. And he'll just yank him very quickly. Yeah. I mean, we're not oblivious to the, you know, to the obvious here. It's just that, Karis LeVert is not a guy that you can just look at and think after 12 games that he's a bad player because he's not. He's just not playing within the flow of offense and he's not playing his game and he doesn't look like he's in shape. He, he looks very much so like he's trying to find his comfort level here. And, um, you know, anytime the guy misses time, that's obviously a detrimental uh, factor in regards to his um, – cohesiveness you know with the rest of the team especially the starting lineup that he's now been moved into apparently yeah i mean well you know lamar can only have so much time in the sun (laughs) (laughs) yeah man tough tough about our guy dean wade oh man i gotta tell you that really put me in my feels like at one o'clock in the afternoon when the woj bomb dropped probably the biggest woj bomb of my life (laughs) seeing that dean wade a woj bomb being dropped about dean wade that's that's big time (laughs) That's our that's our specialty. Why didn't Woj contact us first? Is my first uh, that that was supposed to be cleared to us? <laughs> I was supposed to be the one who tweeted it. <laughs> exactly. But this uh, but spin zone. This means that uh, Dean Wade is way more available for 
appearing on podcasts as he's I'm going to reach out. I'm going to reach out every day. If, if <laughs> hey, dude, hope takes. the knee's good. Um, anyway, <laughs> besides exactly. That. I was uh, I knew something was up because the guy's been out for a number of games now. Um, it just seemed odd that nothing had been released in regards to what was going on. But I'm glad we finally got clarification. And even though we have, what, like seven games left on the season, it's <laughs> I mean, it's not like hearing the prognosis rest of season is like a big deal just because i mean it's a small chunk of the season and maybe a, a small amount of playoff basketball anyways yeah you know but if there was anyone that was going to make an impact it's d wade <laughs> the, the true the true d wade <laughs> the best d wade in Cavs history you know <laughs> exactly um, that said, all jokes aside, there were some other positives around the court. Uh, Larry Marketing continues to be a bright spot despite his uh, rough shooting numbers tonight, 6 of 15, 3 of 9. The guy is absolutely, when you need a bucket from three-point range, he's going to hit him. That's what exactly I what I was going to say. Like he, like he, it doesn't like it. Just seems like at the end of games, he he comes into these like fourth quarters, like just like freezing cold, mm-hmm. and then he just takes these contested corner threes, or he just runs from the top of the key. You're like, where did Lowry come from? And then he just pulls up like no consciousness whatsoever, and just it's like the wettest three he shoots of the night. And it's, it's insane. Weird. It is. It's an oddity, man, to see uh, to to see him be able to do some of these things after he's been kind of cold uh, through stretches. I don't know. Maybe after he bumped knees, he was just uh, you know ultra motivated or something like that. I don't know. I just wish that it would tra- kind of translate back to him being like a successive post up player because I feel like that part of his game has completely died. There was like a brief little stretch mid- in the middle of the season where I felt like he was kind of getting in his groove. Like he was like actually starting to be more aggressive in the post. I'm like, oh, Lori, where is this coming from? And then it turns into like there was, I, I think it was the game two games ago, but I'm forgetting off the top of my head. But they were literally just focusing on him and like mismatch matchup based play and it was not working well at all i think it was against the raptors i'm pretty sure they tried to like have him post up and i was like this is not what the offense should size though i I thought they had a a a decent size uh you know matchup in that obviously pasco siakam is a baller and he's a big uh but i i felt honestly like they could have used that type of uh mentality from him in that game it just he doesn't you can't teach it you I guess can, that's what I'm trying to say. You can hope that he'll use that mentality, but Laurie in his mind sees himself as like <laughs> like freaking Darius Garland level physicality. He's just like gonna just do his like he has the he has the aggressiveness of like a six three guard. <laughs> that's what it is. Maybe yeah, maybe not even that. I don't know. Like I can I can literally put you in the post if you're seven foot and tell you, hey, this is where you belong. <laughs> These are your people. <laughs> That doesn't mean you're going to stay there. <laughs> I mean, for God's sakes, I feel like I watched Poku on the Thunder be more aggressive <laughs> than Lori Market. And Poku could get taken away by the wind if, like, it blew the wrong way. Lori is like a built dude. Like, it's not like he's Slenderman out there. Like, he's he has he's defined. Are you sure? <laughs> he has muscle. I just don't know why he just doesn't use it. <laughs> I have muscle, Corey. That don't mean I can play in the post. <laughs> <laughs> I can take. I'm trying to build him up. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. Lori he's huge. Just use it. That just does not sound right. <laughs> that just does not sound right. Um, that said, yes, he was definitely a positive 
and uh, impactful presence out there. I'm glad that he's really starting to put together more consistent performances, uh, which I love to see from him. Dude, let's talk about Dylan Willard. Oh, <laughs> the glasses are glasses coming off. off. <laughs> I had to take my glasses off for this one. Let's talk about motherfucking Dylan Windler coming out of nowhere over these last couple of games and playing some really good defense and and rebounding really well, man. Like, give me your give me your biggest takeaway for Dylan Windler tonight. I just feel like he's one of those guys that you'll look at the box score and just be like, what What did this guy do exactly. <laughs> in his minutes? Like, what is keeping him out there? And then when you watch him play, he just he he has his hand on pretty much anything that's going on on the defensive end. It's weird. It, the fact that we're talking about Dylan Windler and we're just not mentioning shooting at all is like the complete opposite of his like draft profile. When the, they're like, all this guy does is going <laughs> to knock down threes. And if he does that, it's fine. I mean, they always have said he's like a good rebounder, especially for his size. I think he was like the, if not the leading rebounder, like second leading re- was, rebounder at, at, Belmont. at Belmont. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like it's kind of translating in the sense that he he's like Tony Snell, but he's like contributing on his minutes on the floor. I feel like that's a disrespectful <laughs> disrespectful comparison, but I hear what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Uh, I mean, I, I think what stood out, he was just so aggressive in like these ways. Like I think he, like I said, his hand was everywhere. Like the biggest plays of the game, I felt like you could have just strung it back to him at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there were some significant portions at which the ball was moving when he was out there, and on the rare occasion that he had an opportunity to shoot, he didn't take it, and that's becoming uh, more and more of a uh, – I don't even know how you want to put it. It's becoming more and more of an occurrence. I'll put it that way. It's a trend uh, for sure. <laughs> yes, there, there we go. That's a great word for it. It's a trend for him. Uh, within this recent stretch of games, but he is doing things in other areas to kind of make up for that. I mean, he did score five points tonight, but I mean, one for four and oh, two from, from range. So that means obviously most of his point production came from the free throw line, which is not bad because he's being a like end play. of game free throws that they are just like, well, Darius is double team. So Dylan, you take this inbound for us. <laughs> Damn it, Corey! I'm trying to make him look good. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He, hey, he he does look good. He's out on the court, and that's more than Jenny yeah. can say. So <laughs> that is. Oh yeah, we'll get to him in a minute. Uh, nine <laughs> rebounds, nine rebounds for the Belmont product tonight. And again, like Corey stated, that was part of his draft profile. He was a pretty good rebounder at his size uh, at the mid-major level. They're considered mid-majors, right? Yeah, he um he just has like a knack of finding the rebound. It's not even that he's like boxing out anyone necessarily. He just has like good anticipation of where it's going to land. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's crazy. Yeah, it's like white Dennis Rodman doing Windler things. I mean, if he started dyeing his hair, he'd be a lot more notable. Exactly, he might get more play time too. <laughs> you never well, know. at this rate, he's he is sucking up a lot of minutes from uh, our favorite Turkish product. <laughs> Yes, and so that's a great segue into why we are not seeing Jetty, especially when you're starting to see some of these injuries mount up. All right, man, give me your best attempt at addressing that. All right, well, this was my college thesis. (laughs) No, uh, the thing about Jetty I've just come to realize is that uh, JB and him don't seem to jive (laughs) at times. I think JB has really in the doghouse. <laughs> I think J- JB looks at Jetty and is essentially like, I want 
my forwards and to play defense. And Jetty is like, coach, no offense. That's not really what I'm about, <laughs> but that's I'm going to do. do. I'm just going to do. I'm just going to run around like a chicken with my head cut off at the three point line and just chuck up threes. And you know what? Some nights they're going to go in and Cavalanche is start. Yeah. But the thing is when Jetty doesn't hit those shots, he just looks like, I feel like opposing teams just like who don't know the Cavs at all are like, why are the Cavs just letting this dude huck up all these threes all the time? <laughs> because when Jetty goes out there, he acts like the green light. He's like, oh, coach put me in. That means I got to at least put up eight shots before this quarter ends. And that was me. I'm, I'm sorry. Doing- <laughs> I, I told him. I told him. You got the green light, bro. Anytime you're out there, I, I'm going to need you to shoot about 15 triples. Go ahead. I mean, for the majority of the season, it worked. But now it seems like ever since that time he got yanked in the Clippers game, it seems like – or did he get yanked in the – or is that when he came back? I don't know. The, I think the that's Cavs, when he came back. I the Cavs' losses remember. are all starting to blend together. It's been a rough month of me trying to yeah. dissect when Jetty has playing time and when he doesn't. But yes. if he's not contributing defensively and the shot's not falling, I think JB in his mind's like, you bring no value to this team. I don't think he loves point Jetty as much as you do. <laughs> so – I think he thinks Dylan will bring more overall to the table because Dylan is doing yeah. a decent job of defending. So I think that's what it's going to come down to. I hope Jetty doesn't turn into one of those players in the postseason because I think JB's also trying to really shorten this shorten lineup down. Yeah. yeah, getting it ready for postseason, even though it would benefit us to kind of save bodies. I get what JB's trying to do rather than insert a playoff rotation literally in the playoffs for a team that's not accustomed to it. So I think it, Best case for Jetty right now is going to be like if we're in a playoff series and we really need him to come in and be that offensive spark. I think that when Jetty's going to get let out of the doghouse again. Do you think that's why we're not seeing guys like Moses Brown and Brandon Goodwin get more than like nine to ten minutes a game just because they can't play in the postseason anyway? uh, I think so. I I I I don't know what like they're thinking in terms of what they want to do with Brandon Goodwin. I think we both were in agreement that Brandon Goodwin being on this team in the postseason would definitely help, especially because we don't know what kind of Rondo we're really going to get because Rondo's (laughs) not even back. (laughs) So we're really just like, I think they took all the minutes that they were kind of splitting between uh, Rondo and Goodwin. We're just like, all right, Karis, you're, we traded for you for the postseason, so we're going to give you a taste of what that role is going to look like. And we, as we all we discussed earlier, are not really enjoying the morsels that we're getting from the Karis Levert platter right now. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I think I tweeted out um, during the game that Karis is like his uh, his game is going to translate better in the postseason um, for however many games the Cavs are there. Um, we'll see, we'll have to see what happens with that, but I think his game will probably start to gel within the offense a little bit more once we hit that uh, end of the regular season. Um, But just to kind of circle back here, you know, Jetty, I mean, yes, I love point Jetty, but I got to admit that Dylan Windler at this point in time provides more consistency and he does provide in other areas. And I I do kind of agree with you there. I feel like the wings, if you're not going to play defense out there, JB's probably not going to hand you too many minutes on a night to night basis. I mean, just look at why Lamar Stevens is out there damn near every game. Because even when he's not scoring, and we know we kind of know it is what it is from him, he's great in transition. He's got a little bit of a mid-range game um, that he showcases at least once or twice every game. And he can hit the additional uh, um, uh, three-pointer from time to time. 
But he's primarily out there because he's such a good defender. He's also just the energizer of this team. Like, yeah, his energy is really what kind of fuels up this team at times. He usually will get like a really good and one or some good defensive stop that gets the team all hyped up, which is it's like nice more feel than good. Yeah. It feels it's more than like if Evan Mobley gets a block, it's pretty hype. But like at the same time, it's Evan Mobley who's like as calm and cool as it gets. So like he'll block and he'll just act like he just gave up like a play like you wouldn't even know based off his face what he did lamar is the guy who if he just even like pokes a pass out of bounds he's screaming to the top rafters just being like this is it's go time you let me know yeah i um, Uh, i'm kind of concerned though with um the thing about jetty that also should be noted i don't think i've seen someone bring up yet is if a is going to keep being a very efficient three-point shooter it like jetty was really being brought in to give us three-point attempts and if a is going to become more confident with his shot that also kind of makes it kind of useless to have jetty in at the same time because i'm not here saying that jetty and a are equally efficient shooters even though you could argue over the past month that a has been a much better offensive player than jetty which is not something i thought we would say like <laughs> in the first three months of the season <laughs> that I, that's probably also playing into it Okoro is shooting 61.5% from three-point range over his last six games. Uh, and that's, that's it's not I like call. it's not tough. I'm like not like high volume, but it's eight of thirteen. That's not bad. That's like a little over two attempts a game. You just need something to keep the the defense honest. And that exactly. is like all we've been saying. We're not saying we wanted Ray Allen 2.0 from Isaac Okoro oh, in the shit, corner. That would be nice. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. You know, <laughs> I mean, we all wanted Ray Allen in Cleveland when LeBron was there the second time. That rumor he was thought fun. about it. He thought yeah. about it. I did ask him that question when I saw him in person once at the UConn uh, thing. It's not important. No one cares. <laughs> but, <laughs> you just going to drop that bomb on us and then not elaborate? <laughs> All I did was go like, yo, Ray, you coming to Cleveland? I mean, you got some years left. Are you retired yet? And he's like, we'll see, man. And I was just like, okay, I don't know how I feel about that, but I'm kind of excited. <laughs> <laughs> the generic I saw, answer. They and I did. saw Andre Drummond there too before he was on the Cavs. I think it was when he was still Detroit on Detroit. Still. And I was like, man, Andre Drummond is he's not that great. <laughs> and then little did I know there was a future Cavalier in the building. It just was not Ray Allen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you see how well he played all but uh albeit in a loss? I think he had 20 points and 17 rebounds the other night for Brooklyn. Drummond is like the king of like if he doesn't have to be the focal point, he's gonna look nasty. Because <laughs> he's, he's still a good player. Yeah, I, I, I he's a starting level was. center. I don't think he's backup level. Like I don't. I think it was a luxury for Philadelphia to have him as the backup center. I don't get why uh, L.A. kind of just toyed with like kept on rotating big men around last season when he was because there. Because of Anthony Davis, <laughs> I don't even get me started on that guy. Like he when he's on, he's on, but he is. Lakers need to trade Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis wanted to play the center willingly, then he'd be so much more valuable to that team. But because he's like just being stubborn and is like, I don't play the five. I only play the four. It's like, I okay. No damn center. Though, okay. But- I mean, every, if you look at Joel Embiid's a center and I would say he, him and Anthony Davis's game could easily be swapped around. If Anthony Davis yeah. decided to just play a little more physical, but he's made of Braille. He's, he's you a can't real... teach that though, man. That's like what we're saying about Lowry. Like you cannot teach toughness and and that type of mentality. You either have it or you don't. 
Anthony that, Davis. Uh, I agree with you. Anthony Davis grinds my gears. Honestly, I think that I I'm tired. I'm not. I'm no longer expecting him to be the player that was promised. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why I said they need to go ahead and make that move when he gets healthy. If they don't, because I'm pretty sure the Lakers. What are they like? A half game or a game ahead in the tenth spot? Yeah, watch out for San Antonio. <laughs> They yeah they might climb <laughs> they might climb in there. Don't that's, tell that's too enthused, Mac. Jesus, <laughs> they, <laughs> you're like yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> man, this is a Cavs pod. Let let's get back to it. But uh, with that said, man, I am uh, I'm pretty glad that they were able to walk away with a win tonight. This is a must win. There's there's no question about that. It was a must win. We are we are burying the lead here that we officially have a winning season. <laughs> That almost didn't happen because I looked at that schedule and I was looking at the injuries and I'm like, oh, my God, are we going to win any of these games? I mean, I mean, just looking at the schedule and what they have left, it's it's not looking great, but uh, it's definitely something. We're above 500. That's all I care about. Lock that down. We did it without LeBron. We did it, guys. We don't need this man. (laughs) We don't need him. (laughs) Is that a Cincinnati LeBron shirt? No, it's a, a my. It was an old Miami Heat one. It's just oh, a okay. James. I was about to say, like, what in the world? It looked like Bengals colors for a second. <laughs> Cincinnati Bearcats, LeBron jersey. <laughs> they were hoping he was you know how, like they have the Ohio State ones. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen those. Uh, but eBay yes, has all of them. <laughs> yeah, you can get, literally get whatever you want with LeBron's name on it. <laughs> he all he gets paid for all of it. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. So just looking at this this schedule here, got Mavericks coming up on Wednesday. Do you Dumb. consider that a winnable game? <laughs> no. Really? <laughs> Dallas is defensively, they have become so stout recently. And let's back, let's be honest here. This Cavs offense is brutal. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no way you could sugarcoat that you've been watching these past few Cavs games and been like, man, the offense is flowing like water. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, we just had to slug it out with the magic. I was watching freaking Va- both Wagners just have the time of their life. Oh man, I'm with you. I'm with you. It was it, it's tough because you're literally expecting Darius to drop anywhere in between 25 to 30 points a night in order for you to even compete for winning the game. That's tough. That's like, I mean, I know this is a Cavs pod, but I'm about to circle right back out of it. Uh, I think I heard. Shannon Sharp say something about LeBron the other day. It might have been today about him. No, it was Nick Wright. It was Nick Wright. He said LeBron needed to score like 50 points a game for the Lakers to be able to have a chance to win. Um, that's kind of how it's starting to feel like with, with DG to like a lesser extent, much lesser extent. Um, 25 to 30 points a night in, in order for them to actually be like in position to possibly win a game. And I mean, I think I listened to Chase down the other day and they were talking about how Chicago, you know, holding them to 98 points was kind of a win um, in, a, in a night in which the shooting just didn't fall. You know, the shots just didn't fall um, tonight. They did, but we played the magic. <laughs> yeah, honestly, at this point, I am keeping my fingers crossed that it just turns into us being, oh God, it's so unlikely. I, I kind of want Chicago to go on a tear and I want us to kind of stay afloat of the Raptors. So we just get a three, six of the bulls and the cats. So you want to, you want to get, you just want to completely avoid the Raptors. Are I you afraid want, of that matchup? 
uh, uh, I'm just like I'm I trying to get look you at, on the record. <laughs> I, I'm not. I I said when we had Justin on a few weeks ago that the one team I really didn't want to play was Toronto. For okay. purely defensive reasons. Offensively, they don't scare me at all. But defensively, I you watch this offense, Mac. It doesn't take a lot to keep it kind of in stagnant flow. So imagine what a good defense is going to do that. And Nick Nurse is going to unlock his like third eye and just unleash his box and one and wacky ass defensive formations on us. And I, I just don't see how we're going to handle it, especially if Karis and Darius are going to have to shoulder all of the offensive load. Yes, uh, Nick Nurse is going to go full TN for my DBZ people out there and <laughs> unlock that third eye and just start uh, seeing all the defensive strategies that he that he needs to shut the Cavs down. Uh, all jokes aside, yeah, that that would be a tough series, especially with how the Cavs are kind of looking now. And um, I mean, not having Jared Allen that that's that's really tough heading into any playoff series. Uh, and then you you look at trying to get shot creation from others. Uh, we already talked about how the shot selection of Karis LeVert can really, you know, frustrate us on a night-to-night basis. But really, when you have your main option in DG and nobody else, what the hell are you going to do? I need JB to pull Dylan Windler aside and just tell like, go into his ear and just tell him, I won't bench you. If you miss shots, just take them, please. Because <laughs> okay. I think that's like some mental thing inside of him that he's just like, he has the yips now. Like he just, like we said earlier, he just refuses to shoot. And it's so obvious. There was a sequence where I think uh, the ball was being passed around the entire three point line. Windler had an open shot and then he just passed it into the corner and then it went into Lamar's hands. I'm like, you can't tell me if you're JB that you were like, you know what? I'm glad Windler gave up that open three to pass it to Lamar, who probably was thinking about taking it. I would have much rather had Dylan take it, though. I mean, I mean I'm right there with you. Uh, he looks timid as hell offensively. The only thing that's really saving him is the rebounding and defense. Um, I just – it's another one of those things, man. Like, I, I hate to use this as a cop-out, but it's it's kind of the same thing as that post-game mentality. It's like you have – you can't really teach that. And you can, I can tell you, shoot the ball, shoot the ball, shoot the ball a million times as your coach. And if it's not clicking up here somewhere to tell you, hey, I'm not going to get benched. I can go out there and kind of, you know, play through my rough stretches in regards to shooting because it happens to all shooters. But if you're not going to take them at all, I mean, you're really honestly the only person to blame for that. I mean, you can't put that on the coach. Um, I'm sure JB has done, but exactly as you have said, I'm sure that has a con- that as a conversation has been had already, and I, well, it remains to be seen whether or not you know Dylan is going to kind of put it together uh, mentally in that capacity. Because um, I I don't know if it was you who made the point; it may have been, but he could very well you know be the three and D wing that this team needs. Yeah, I just like I feel like mental like if I had to step into like the Cavs locker room, which obviously the vibes are always immaculate. So I'm not going to sit here and say that like it has a negative environment whatsoever. But you can't say as a young player seeing JB all year kind of put people in the the doghouse time to time and seeing like stuff being yanked, (laughs) like minutes just being yanked out of the blue. Like you can't just sit there and also say like, yeah, it's like a great vibe here. But at the same time. I also have seen Dean, Lamar, Jetty, 
and Windler all get minutes and then all lose them at the drop of a hat. Like you have to think that at the end of the day, that is all like in those types of players' heads. I'm not saying that Kevin Love is that out justified there. though. Is it justified? Like if, if you're the head coach and you're not doing what I'm expecting you to do, I mean, as a player, are you okay if their minutes keep continuously uh keep continuously being pulled from you? Because we're seeing that with Jetty right now. And just like you said, we've seen that with Lamar, we've seen that with Dean, we've obviously seen that with Dylan. Are you okay with that from a player perspective? Yeah, I think you have to be, especially like in a professional atmosphere, like an NBA team. I'm not saying it's a negative at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to say that I can understand where a young player would come from, especially Windler. Like he really just doesn't want to lose those minutes. And he's like, I've seen it happen to my other teammates. I don't want that to happen to me. I want to like be able to stay in this rotation, earn my minutes and prove my worth as a first round pick. Cause we all know that if Dylan Windler at the end of the day, doesn't like prove anything before the season ends, he's probably not on this team next year. They signed his option though. Didn't they? Just cause they or signed they... it. Doesn't mean they can't throw him into something. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm grasping his jaws here. You're I own me. a Dylan Windler Jersey and I didn't buy it to get the American express uh, insurance package. If he gets traded, it's over for me. <laughs> So if anyone has something to lose here, it's me. Okay, that is fair. That's completely fair. I'm I'm really pulling for the guy, and I think we've kind of – the conversation surrounding Dylan has been up and down throughout the season. Like we've I, – I think we can honestly both say we have been through stretches uh, during the season in which we're like, you know what, Dylan, I'm done. I'm done with your ass. <laughs> I don't know if you're an NBA player. And then there are times like tonight – where Dylan looks like a competent rotation piece and you want to root for this guy because he has that first round pedigree and you want him to be successful. And he missed his entire rookie season, didn't he? Um, You know, he's been through the injuries. There's just, just a lot of things that you have seen this guy go through and you want him to come out and be successful. And, but sometimes that just doesn't, that just doesn't happen with him though. I don't know. Who knows what his uh, his future holds? I'm just laughing that this podcast turned into like a magic recap to be like, let's let's talk about Dylan Windler for 40 minutes, <laughs> dude. Like literally, like it's been in depth analysis on the psyche of Dylan Windler <laughs> and the Cavs bottom of the bench minutes. <laughs> exactly. All hey, right. If Lamar well, can rise to the ranks, anyone can. Exactly. I love to see that guy succeed, but he, you know what? The difference between those two is mental. It's up here, bro. Like the, the toughness mentality, that junkyard dog mentality that we all love to see. Lamar has it. Dylan looks like he doesn't, but it's, you know, maybe it just takes some type of, some type of, you know, unlocking to happen for him. Maybe he does need to have another conversation with JB in regards to shooting, but you know, time will tell. We'll see. But we ain't got to talk about it. <laughs> I have one last question before we end the Dylan Windler <laughs> roundtable. Who do you think has a higher ceiling overall, Lamar or hypothetical Dylan Windler? I still believe at this point in time, and I hate to say this, I really do. I really believe that Dylan Windler still has the higher upside because we know he can shoot. He just doesn't. He can rebound. We've, we're seeing that right now. And his defense, not as great as Lamar, but it's pretty good. And when when you you know put those all together, the overall makeup of the theoretical Dylan Windler, 
is still, as our good friends Justin and Carter like to say, still a dangerous thing, but it's theoretical. So Lamar, you know, as it stands right now, is far and away the better player. And on the flip side of things, Lamar Stevens is an energy player of the highest accord. And he he goes out there and he's like you were pointing out earlier. He will let you know once he uh, once he's doing something that he deems, you know, overpowering you, whether that be a, as a shot blocker, as um, <clears throat> as a slam dunk, some t- some type of putback. We've seen that in the past few games. But Lamar Stevens is a more, you know, for him, the, the mentality is is always there. It's like the off switch is non-existent. And I just wish we could see that from Dylan Miller. But just to, <laughs> Dylan just Miller, to the off question, switch is I'm, broken. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like, I mean, if I was to turn my light over here and just break it, that's exactly what it would look like. Um, just to just to kind of put a, a bow on it, and I know I'm kind of rambling here. Um, Dylan Willner has the higher potential, but Lamar Stevens is obviously the better player right now. If only we could just mold the two of them together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Take the skill set of both players and put them together. And that's the, the three that the Cavs are missing. Yeah, it is. Do you consider Lamar three or four? No, or do you consider, consider him a two? A four. <laughs> I consider Lamar four. The two, the two was the funniest thing ever. That had to be one of the tallest twos. He actually he did pretty good. He, he I was, think he he's fine. Okay. He's kind of seamless in the way that like his energy translates to all the positions. His skills don't necessarily translate to no. all the positions, but like his energy allows him to because he can defend two through four, like that's fine. But you offensively, play small ball five. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably where I draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I two, barely two, think that Love can play the small ball five, <laughs> and Love has well, more of yeah. like the build for it. We didn't even talk about Kevin Love tonight. I guess before we can, you know, before we close out of here, we can talk about him a bit. Had a, a major bounce back game tonight. Nineteen points off the bench. What do you think of his performance? Well, you know, as we know, we're big Kevin Love fans over here, <laughs> and uh, Kevin Kevin should still be in the running for Six Man of the Year. I don't want that campaign to die away, <laughs> but it looks I, like it's yeah. probably going to. It's it's done. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> good thing you don't have a vote. It's dead. <laughs> yes, thirty-two minutes off the bench, man. That's where I'm glad he's getting – well, he needs to have the tread. We Once Mobley went down, it was like, all right, well, gulp. It's time for the dreaded marketing love 4-5 lineup, <laughs> which is basically an off defensive What do you mean? Sieve. Those are the best minutes of the game. <laughs> yeah, especially for the Magic players. They loved that. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. They do. The, they the Bogners were salivating. Anymore. Yeah, so Evan Mobley only played 13 tonight, which, you know, to your point, that obviously factored into why Kevin Love saw the floor for so long. 32 minutes tonight, 19 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 7 to 15 from the field. The only gripe that I have about Kevin is that as much as we talk about, like, um, it was a Jetty earlier, <laughs> Jetty chucking up triples, Kev took 12 tonight, <laughs> and he hit four of them, good 33%, but... The dude, when he's not hitting threes, he's almost useless too. 
at this no, point. No, because he has he can start a transition too with those outlet passes. Like he gets rebounds. We can't we can't ignore that he actually like is aggressively trying to get rebounds. It's not like Whitler yeah, where they yeah. kind of like stumble into his lap and he's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> how this how this get here? <laughs> Kevin like is like a heat seeking <laughs> missile for those. He's like, I will only contribute in this game in two ways. I will get. I will shoot That's threes fair. and I will get rebounds and start transitions. That is and fair. I, I have seen that on a number of occasions. I think that we're getting as close to Kevin, like the version of Kevin Love we were expecting like three years ago. When right LeBron now. left. Yeah. Like this is better than Kevin Love, like in when it was the big three, in my opinion. I think he's more, he's in, like so? in more, I think his, I think he's. I think his because he has more of a green light. I feel like when you're the third option, you don't really have that. But when Kevin Love's on the floor right now, like JB obviously has told him, like you can literally do whatever you want offensively because we yeah. need these shot attempts, and you're the one of the most efficient shooters. If well, it's probably um, there's probably a case you could argue he is the most efficient shooter. I think he is. I mean, a lot of his attempts from beyond the arc come off of pump fakes. <laughs> I, I don't know how many times I see this guy pump fake somebody into the air and then take that three and like reset and then take a triple. And then, you know, some most of the time, pump he fake, makes it step over to the side, then pull up. <laughs> I prefer that over the uh, much maligned uh, pump fake into a foul, which I feel like he's really toned that down this season. Yeah, even though it seems like those foul calls are going back up. So, like, Kevin, if you wanted to, like, try that again, <laughs> it wouldn't really hurt. Yeah, I think um, in our last game against Chicago, there was one that uh, I think it was Lenny Wilkins was on the uh, on the broadcast, and he even pointed that out. Like, he, he wants to see that changed as well. I think everybody is. Like, I think the point that I made when I did the postgame for that was uh, – when the foul calls are going your way, you love it. But when the call is against you, it's like, get this shit out of the game. Like, I'm done with it. Yeah, especially if we're going to have to play Philly in the postseason. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully um, James Harden disappears. He carries that disappearing act. Well, he already is, playoffs. so, like, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> great, great. Good to hear. I've I've seen so many people talk about, well, this guy is nothing without D'Antoni, <laughs> without D'Antoni's system. Oh, no, no. Daryl Morey is the reason he was successful. Remember, that's why the trade made so much sense, right? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, guys. James is great. He's only like way less athletic for some reason. And his uh, he regained his fat suit out of nowhere. I guess those cheese steaks are starting to add up for our guy. Oh, yeah. I I don't know what the hell that is about. This dude can put on weight and drop it. It's like really literally the job of that. It's like he goes in and he gets like a, um, he cuts a piece of a tire off. <laughs> and he and just shoves it, it into a little yep. slot in his stomach. I mean, this dude. Oh, my God. So. I'm I'm happy with the way that the 76ers are playing right now. <laughs> like, if we're talking about future Cavs matchups, I'm I'd be fine with Philly now. You asked me this question back when we had Justin on, I was terrified. And now I'm like, you know, playoff Harden slash regular season Harden, I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think we have any more. Do we have any more games against Philly uh, for the rest of the season? I don't think we do. No, Let's see I think here. we. I know we. We do. We, play? we do. Oh. <laughs> we got one more. We got one more. Uh, <laughs> April third. Mark your calendar. We need to uh, un, uh, not upload this podcast. Okay, give James Harden bold and board material. <laughs> he's going to listen to this and he's going to personally uh, find us and give us tickets to the Cavs game. And oh, uh, thanks, James. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I wasn't expecting. I'm this. speaking it into existence. 
Um, that said, uh, overall, all jokes aside, great team win tonight, despite more adversity in regards to injury. Um, hopefully, Evan Mobley's okay. As as Corey stated earlier, came back negative, right? Yeah, I'm gonna just uh, double check that. So just give me a minute to yes, uh, uh, Woj bomb, <laughs> another Woj bomb, shocker. Uh, X-rays were negative on Cavalier Center. Evan Mobley's sprained left ankle. Yeah, so that's great to hear. You know, hopefully if he does have to miss time, it's not anything serious. The Cavs only having seven games left, though. Each one of these is vital, especially with some of the tough matchups coming up. We just talked about Philly, and there's a ton of other matchups that the Cavs (laughs) probably not be, you know, the favorite in. Um, That said... You know, we're going to go ahead and bring tonight's episode to a close. Like I always tell you guys, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can at It's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you want to be added to the exclusive It's Cavalier Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, a five-star review and rating. (laughs) (laughs) And I will, (laughs) exactly. And I will personally send you that invite to the Discord chat. We are starting to get more and more people. And last but certainly not least. I'm sure some of you have seen that we did not manage to get in contact with the original winner of the All-Star Edition, Darius Garland jersey. So here's what we do. You know, just like I put on Twitter, send a screenshot that you are, in fact, a subscriber on the YouTube channel. That's all you have to do. Send proof to itscavalier53 at gmail.com, and I will give you a number, and we'll go ahead and random generate again, or guess what's going to happen? Guys, I'm just going to give the jersey to Corey. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. So um, let's go ahead and put a deadline on this thing. I say the next time that me and Corey get together and record, we'll probably go ahead and do that. Um, I'll let you guys know the date of that here shortly. Uh, but go Cavs and have a good night.